listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Now, we're talking about the vegan diet this afternoon. In recent years, it seems like there's a lot more choices on plant based food available, making it much easier to try out and embrace this sort of diet. And this afternoon, to talk about the vegan diet, I'm really delighted to be joined once again by Joelle Bradford, a licensed naturopathic practitioner at the Integrated Medicine Institute, IMI Hong Kong. Welcome back on the program, Joelle, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks again for having me on. It's a pleasure to, to be able to speak to you again. Uh, we are live right now on Facebook. So for some of our listeners who want to uh, be viewers and, and watch us there, feel free to do so. Um, the Facebook is Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. So first of all, um, for, for some of our listeners who may not know what the vegan diet is, can you sort of give us an outline of what it is um, and, and have you tried it before? Maybe, maybe first of all, um, w- what is the vegan diet? Okay. Um, the vegan diet is uh, an elimination of animal products. So I think most people and all of your listeners probably have heard of the vegetarian diet, which is not eating animal flesh, but you can still eat dairy, eggs, etc. cetera. Uh, whereas the vegan diet takes it a bit further in terms of ethical or environmental concerns or even health concerns. And so what they do is they completely eliminate the use of animal products. So no more dairy, no more eggs. And some people even choose to stop eating gelatin or wearing animal products. Um, So it it can be quite a philosophy in and of itself rather than simply just a diet. Absolutely. Yeah, I've I've had friends who sort of um, embraced on this diet. And there's a there there are some restrictions, like you pointed out just now, you know, um, no milk, no eggs, and perhaps no cheese. Um, and some of them take it, you know, and the, the next step, and that is to embrace that sort of lifestyle um, also. Um, have you tried the vegan diet yourself, Joelle? I have, yes. Um, it's, it's something I actually really like to do, which is I make it a point to try and at least try all of the the diets that I would recommend to patients or even just have an awareness of what's going around because it has gained in popularity recently, like you said. And I, I like to be to have an experience of what it might feel like, what the drawbacks might be, what the benefits might be, but just be really well-versed um, in what the experience could be, but especially if it's something that I would suggest for somebody to try. Yeah. Um, is it easy to practice this sort of diet in Hong Kong? Yes and no. Uh, It really depends. Uh, Yes, in that there's a lot of options available in Hong Kong. Um, Even before the West really became trendy to do that, there were more plant-based ideas. Uh, The East really had a lot of uh, religious or philosophical Um, trends or beliefs that were vegetarian. And so becoming vegan, there's actually a lot of options at uh, more local restaurants than one might think. Uh, So it's actually quite easy. And then we have the extra added benefit of the, the trend where all these restaurants are now offering new vegan alternatives, uh, meat alternatives, and for the health reasons. So it's, it's actually a lot of options in Hong Kong. Absolutely. And I think in recent years, you'll find that it's easier to to select this choice eating out, whereas 
in previous years, it was just much easier to cook it yourselves um, at home. But nowadays, there are a lot of uh, vegan menus available um, at restaurants, even if, if that's not their thing. They've always got some sort of a, an option. Having said that, it, it seems a little bit expensive sometimes to buy plant-based food. H- have you noticed that? Yes, this is a, I'm really glad you brought this point out because I feel like with any trend, there's going to be marketing towards these products when in reality, a plant-based diet or a vegan diet is ultimately just not eating animal products. And so there's so many foods in every single culture that are plant-based like soy products, tofu, tempeh, miso, or all the seeds, uh, tahini, uh, sesame seeds, pumpkin seeds, the nuts, all the nuts available. And these are largely what you would replace because when we take out a food group like dairy, meat products, we do need to think about replacing them with what we would be uh, losing by taking those things out, which is mostly a protein and uh, minerals from the diet. And so if you can replace it with the legumes, the lentils, the seeds, the nuts, then there really isn't any problem. And these are quite cheap, generally. Um, And so if you can stick to a plant-based diet, you don't have to spend a lot of money on specialty vegan foods that there's already a lot of vegan foods that are just naturally available. Yeah, Joelle, I'm so glad you brought that point up as well because I think there are certain misconceptions uh, to do with the vegan diet. And, and one of them, like you pointed out just now, is that you don't get enough proteins um, because people tend to think you get the protein from meat or from eggs um, or from you know dairy. Um, whereas like you pointed out, you can absolutely sort of replace them with with nuts. Is it a different sort of protein, though? Um, Is it more sort of, is is one better than the other? It's true that animal products are going to be a more concentrated form of protein. And so if you eat one 100-gram serving of meat, you will most likely get more protein per 100-gram serving than plant-based foods. However, the amino acid profile, which is the protein itself, if you can ensure that you eat a variety every day of all of these protein options, these plant-based protein options, then you should be meeting entirely all of your protein requirements, all of the mineral requirements. I think... But it takes a bit of a dish, your favorite... I'm afraid, Joel. I think there's just a slight delay. Okay, you're back. To meet those requirements, I think the connection is not so good, Joel. Um, perhaps we'll try and get you back. So basically, you're saying that the profile of the amino acids is um, is uh, quite similar. So perhaps it's a good thing to. Go nuts on nuts, and we'll try our best to uh, get Joelle um, back on as soon as possible. Uh, this afternoon, we're talking uh, to Joelle Bradford, who is a licensed naturopathic uh, practitioner at IMI, Integrated Medicine Institute. And we're talking about the vegan diet, and we'd like to invite um, our listeners uh, to join us, if you can, on Facebook. Uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to.
Take them right down to the shore One plus one Give you all and give some more One plus one Let the music free your soul One plus one Swing with me through the light Home if it's just one night Home if it's just one night ah, We live for the beat Baby, you're on RTHK Radio 3 with 1 plus 1. Right, uh, Joelle Bradford joins us uh, back on the line right now. We've had to uh, adapt slightly because uh, <laughs> Zoom's not working. That's okay. We're still talking about the vegan diet this afternoon and we hope for you to continue to join us on Facebook if you can uh, because we're still streaming live uh, right now. Sorry, Joelle, l- let's back up a little bit. Um, Actually, I've forgotten what the question was that I was asking you. I, I think we were talking about um, are all proteins sort of... Uh, uh, born equal, you know, and, and I think you made the point that, you know, ha- having um, meat, having a small amount of meat uh, may be equ- equivalent of having more nuts, or maybe that was my interpretation. Maybe if you can continue explaining that a little bit further. Hmm. So, meat in a concentration form would be a bit more concentrated per gram of protein. However, if you can have uh, a variety of of the beans, the legumes, the lentils, the nuts, the seeds, 
sort of every day at every meal, just picking and choosing what you're going to choose, then you can meet all the amino acid requirements that your body needs every day. Um, Historically, people were really worried about the protein, but we found that this really is not a concern as long as you make a point of having protein-rich plant-based foods uh, at every meal. Yeah. Um, can you sort of share a, a, a brief guide for, for some people, for beginners who want to sort of try out this diet? I mean, what sorts of food should we really uh, have to include as part of this diet? The main foods that we would want to be looking at are the micronutrients. So protein, fats, carbohydrates are not really an issue, whereas the ones that are easy to meet in a vegan diet, but are things you might want to think about and have some thought as to meeting the requirements would be things like the iron, the calcium, the iodine content. And these are quite easy to meet your recommended daily allowance if you have the beans, the nuts, the lentils. It's concentrated in these protein-rich foods. Um, And another one that's a bit more tricky is the omega-3s. So we've all heard of fish oils giving us our uh, EPAs, our DHAs, our omega-3 fatty acids that we can get from fish. However, on the vegan diet, we don't have those options anymore. And so they are present. There are some omega-3 fatty acids present in things like flax, in the chia seeds. However, there is some controversy as to how effective the body is at converting those uh, those omega-3s to the EPA DHA. And so sometimes people choose to take a, a supplement like an algae omega supplement uh, just to ensure that they're meeting those requirements because we're not exactly uh, 100% on how good the body is at adapting for the plant-based omega-3 fatty acids. Yeah. Um, um, what about um, vitamin B12? Now, vitamin B12 is, is very important in sort of maintaining a healthy nervous system, um, but it's only naturally found in animal products. Um, are there sorts of um, um, any other sort of fortified products that we can try out to, to supplement that then if, if you were to try out the vegan diet? You're exactly right, Noreen. So the vitamin B12, and I'll add even the vitamin B, those two nutrients are quite difficult to find naturally in plant-based foods. So just like you mentioned, choosing fortified foods can have these or an easy supplement like a multivitamin uh, is an easy way to ensure that you're meeting your base requirements every day just because you're right there. Uh, we still have yet to find some plant-based foods that can offer a, a consistent amount of these nutrients. Yeah. What are some of the benefits that you've seen on this type of diet? Uh, I will say something. The vegan diet, the benefits are, we've heard of these wonderful things like better skin, energy, mood, decreasing inflammation. But it's really important to know that everyone is not going to get the same benefits because each person is an individual. And so what might have worked for your friend or what might have worked for you even in the past might not always be the exact benefits that you could expect for yourself. And so we can almost reframe the question as to what will I, what benefit will I get and ask, why is it that I want to do the vegan diet? What is attracting 
what is attracting me to this diet? Is it the ethical reasons, the environmental reasons, and or is it the health reasons like better skin, energy, mood? And this is where my role as a naturopathic doctor can be really effective for people because if, for example, if somebody has really low energy and they're attracted to the vegan diet because they've heard it just boosts your energy and makes you feel wonderful, what if that person has low energy because of an underlying condition like a low B12 status or a deficiency? Now, if they do the vegan diet expecting to get more energy, there's a chance that they actually might feel worse doing the vegan diet because now they have even less available vitamin B12 from their diet. And so the role of a doctor could be to screen people to ensure that it's the right diet for them. And if we find deficiencies, to correct them. And once we get to a place where we are at our optimal level of health, then choosing the vegan diet is, can be wonderful because you get all the benefits of being vegan without the risk. Absolutely. I, I was also thinking um, one reason why people also choose a vegan diet is like you um, earlier pointed out, is that sort of more sustainable, more um, sustainable lifestyle choice. Uh, having said that, there are also certain foods which are associated with with less sustainable choices, such as almonds or almond milks and avocado. We all know, I think the listeners of the 123 show have heard me so many times talking about um, the, the, you know, avocado and sort of deforestation in Mexico. Um, but also, I, I didn't know that, but um, almonds also cause a, a lot of drought in, say, California. And, and you know, choosing that as a, as a dairy alternative can also have an adverse effect. I mean, do, what, what are your thoughts on that? Or have any, do, do any of your clients sort of express that uh, thought with you as well? Mm, a lot of people are choosing the plant-based diet or the vegan diet because of what you're saying about the, these environmental concerns that maybe mass production of meat might be doing, except exactly like you're saying, if, if everybody is now choosing these products that are packaged, that have to be shipped around the world, it might actually be causing, like you say, a problem in the local environments where these were naturally occurring. And again, it comes down to the fact that the vegan diet itself is not the issue, but rather going back to traditional foods, such as ones that are local to you, in season to you, that you can grow in your own backyard. Uh, every single culture, every part of the world has plant-based protein alternatives. Uh, instead of having to buy pricey, packaged, uh, you know, new technology for all these ingredients that would be found in uh, vegan foods. Absolutely. Um, uh, we try out in, in our household, we try out uh, Green Fridays. <laughs> so, for example, mm. uh, instead of uh, spaghetti bolognese with beef, we'll, we'll try it with, um, say, the impossible meat. But the, the trouble is, um, Joelle, it's so expensive. It's uh, it's almost double the price of regular mints. I mean, for 300 grams of beef, it's about 30 35 Hong Kong dollars, but for the impossible meat, it's close to $80 for about 300 grams. So it's, it's quite expensive um, to, yeah. to do that. And I think my other concern is, you know, um, processed food, you know, that the WHO advises against processed food. I mean, with the plant-based meat, it's still uh, processed food. I mean, how healthy is it really? 
I'm really glad you brought that up. The last time when we were on, we you were talking about looking at food labels on cereal boxes in oh, terms yeah. of the sugar content. And I think sort of the same thing. If you look at the ingredients on, you know, the meat alternatives that you mentioned, you'll find that it's not just one ingredient. And you might find that it's many, many ingredients, many fillers, colors, preservatives, uh, chemicals, um, along with modified proteins. Uh, it might be from wheat protein. It might be from soy protein. And I, I think it's really very interesting that this is gaining in popularity. And this is great for the awareness of plant-based diets. However, I'm not convinced that they are the healthier alternative for the physical body. Um, and again, going back to the things that we know are base foods, the nuts, the seeds, the lentils, the legumes, that these are much cheaper. And instead of trying to replace a meat with a meat alternative, really having a different uh, approach that it is a plant-based diet and these are just plant foods rather than trying to copy a meat diet with these uh, pricey alternatives. Yeah. Um, is this sort of diet sustainable? I mean, w when you speak to your clients, is it a sort of trendy diet that they try out for a few months or is it something that can be longer lasting? Many, many of my clients that come in are looking to do this as a lifestyle. Oh, wow. And I, I would say that if you make sure that you're meeting all your nutrient requirements, and as long as you get a yearly screen, just to make sure that your health is in order and that there's no underlying health conditions we have to address, then I do believe that this is something that can be very healthy uh, for individuals long term, um, rather than these other, you know, the ketogenic diet that might not be uh, the easiest long term. The vegan diet or plant-based diet is something that I could see somebody being completely healthy on for years at a time. Yeah. Um, sorry, Joe, do we talk a little bit more about the drawbacks? I mean, from, from what you've seen, what, what are some of the drawbacks that you've, you've seen people trying out this diet? Or is there really mm -hmm. not too much? Well, the nutrients is the obvious concern. And if that's addressed, it becomes a non-issue. The other one we, you've also brought up, which is the, that vegan food does not necessarily equate healthy food, which you were saying these processed alternatives uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a healthier body. But one of the, maybe it's a more personal issue I have with the vegan diet is something that's not very talked about, which is an attachment to a label, like an identity with the vegan diet. And I don't see this with other diets where nobody's nobody's identity is tied up in the ketogenic diet or uh, with, uh, you know. I, I, uh, I know what you mean. Like I've got friends who are, who are, um, who, who are vegans and um, they're sort of, they're the animal loving. And okay, I'm generalizing a lot. I'm sure some of our listeners may not love animals and are vegans, no, but you should love animals. <laughs> but um, my, my point is they are, you know, they're, they're good people, you know, that they don't eat meat. Um, I think I know what you mean about that, that sort of identity tied to, to the diet, that you don't really see the association with, say, the Atkins diet. In fact, they'd be mm -hmm. the opposite. You know, they, they are the meat lovers, actually. <laughs> 
Right. What I could suggest for that is rather than it, it, it's not a problem by identifying with a vegan diet or a plant-based diet, but what I would suggest and the problem I see in many of my patients that come in is this guilt or this shame or this feeling of failure if they eat an animal product mm-hmm. or this huge social pressure that now they're not allowed to have any animal products ever because they've identified with it. And that's that those feelings, this feeling of suffering ultimately is not helpful in any way. And so what I really like about the new term that's been floating around this plant-based diet mm-hmm. is it's a, it's a bit more inclusive. And I think the people who would adopt a plant-based diet is sort of aiming for as much reduction in animal products as possible versus the 100% very militant attitude sometimes that uh, people following a vegan diet would do. And so just have an awareness, you know, in people you love, the listeners um, perhaps, where if you have these feelings of shame or suffering or sadness or feelings of failure when you're not following a diet properly, that feeling itself might not be helping. Absolutely. Uh, your actual goals. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thank you so much for your sharing this afternoon, Joelle, on, on plant-based diet. Um, definitely a, a great name um, for, for the vegan diet, a great alternative. Um, thank you so much for your sharing. Can you remind our listeners once again, um, have you got a website? Where can we find out a bit more about you and your work? Thank you. Uh, you can find me at our website at imi.com.hk. And you can also follow us on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, Joelle, and I look forward to uh, more chats with you uh, later on. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much, Noreen. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The chief executive rejects suggestions children are being deliberately separated from their parents during quarantine. The head of the Medical Association calls official guidelines on who should get the coronavirus vaccine vague and insincere. And Alibaba is in the spotlight amid reports it's under pressure to sell media assets, including the South China Morning Post. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, denies government that the government deliberately separates children from their parents when quarantining people for COVID-19. She was responding to media reports that said children of confirmed cases were being sent to quarantine centres on their own. Where the close contacts are young children of the parents and the parents are confirmed. So instead of sending the very young kids on their own to a quarantine centre or ask other relatives and friends to go into the quarantine centre with these kids, we will exceptionally allow the admission of the children into the hospital as well. And of course, within the hospital, there will be appropriate arrangements for the parents and the kids. We have no policy to uh, deliberately separate children from their parents. Mrs Lamb also dismissed a suggestion that planned electoral changes will reduce representation and participation for Hong Kong people. Critics of Beijing's changes say expanding the, select, the election committee to 1,500 people and increasing the number of LegCo seats from 70 to 90 will dilute direct representation. In addition, 117 district council seats will be scrapped from the election committee, which will now also nominate legislators. Mrs Lamb spoke at her weekly briefing. 
What we are aiming at in adjusting the election committee is to ensure that it is more broadly representative of the interest in Hong Kong, is to reflect the actual situation in Hong Kong, and is to ensure that in future more people will be uh, representing the holistic interest rather than the sectoral interest in Hong Kong. Social workers have accused Beijing of trying to reduce their influence on the election committee and after Mrs Lam suggested they could join another sector. A vice chairman of the Social Workers General Union, Chang Chi Wai, told an RTHK programme they feared the move would mean reducing the number of seats they held, but they weren't eager to reflect their views to Beijing, saying it had preconceived ideas. Social workers occupy around 60 seats on the election committee. The Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg News and others are reporting that Beijing wants e-commerce titan Alibaba to sell some media assets, including the South China Morning Post. They cite sources close to the matter as saying the move is because of concern over the company's influence over public opinion. Violet Wong reports. Jack Ma, Alibaba's co-founder, built up a sprawling portfolio of media assets over the years. These span the Twitter-like Weibo to online video platform Bilibili, advertising and other media including Hong Kong's leading English-language newspaper. Mr Ma, who officially retired from Alibaba in 2019 but remains a large shareholder, has been in the crosshairs of mainland authorities in recent months. In November, regulators halted a $34 billion US dollar IPO by Alibaba's online payment subsidiary, the Ant Group. The following month, they opened an investigation into its business practices deemed anti-competitive. The sources say discussions about selling the SCMP also began last year and that the buyer is expected to be a Chinese entity. Guidelines for doctors on who or sh- who shouldn't get a COVID vaccine have been described as vague and piecemeal. I'm sorry, piecemeal. It comes as an extra 3 million people can now book a jab after the government lowered the age threshold from 60 to 30. Timmy Sung reports. The head of the medical association, Choi Kin, told RTHK he understood the difficulty facing the Department of Health, but said the fake guidelines could reduce the numbers wanting to get inoculated. The guidelines given to GPs yesterday said people at risk of heart disease or stroke should defer the vaccination until their condition was better controlled, and people with hypertension or diabetes should be assessed by doctors. Meanwhile, the civil service chief, Patrick Neep, who is handling the vaccination program, said it wasn't yet open to everyone because the government must balance supply and demand. He said the vaccine ticket rate was increasing, especially from those in the catering and construction sectors. An expansion of the citywide coronavirus vaccination program appears to have received a good response from the public, with some vaccination centres and public clinics fully booked for the next two weeks. Yesterday, the government halved the minimum age requirement for COVID-19 vaccines to 30 after a lukewarm initial response. While some people told our reporter Wang Yinting they're happy that more people can get the shots now, others are still taking a wait-and-see approach. A few weeks ago, um, it seemed like Hong Kong was one of the last places to get it. And now, all of a sudden, after the decision to expand the group, to 30. I think Hong Kong is at the forefront. Most importantly, it makes me feel safer on my day-to-day life in Hong Kong. For the future, I will go home. Yeah, maybe they will require in my place, so I take the vaccine now. Maybe three months later, some of the occupation should be doing that first, maybe the like the delivery and construction, something like that. I think when they do the result as well, I think I will go to do that. 
So far, no new coronavirus cases have been found in the government's ambush-style lockdowns in central western and Sayingpun for the third night in a row. Around 710 residents were tested. The United States has accused mainland state media of publishing disinformation about its diplomats in Hong Kong as it denied its staff invoked immunity to avoid isolation after positive coronavirus tests. Washington temporarily closed its consulate yesterday for deep cleaning and contact tracing after two employees were infected with the virus. Both the consular and health officials said the pair were headed to a hospital isolation ward. However, state media outlets and a leading pro-Beijing trade union accused the employees of invoking diplomatic immunity. U.S. officials said these reports were false. Overseas, the World Health Organization has urged countries to keep using the AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine as a growing list of European nations suspend injections. Spain, France, Italy and Germany are the latest to halt its use as a precaution after concerns were raised about a small number of people who suffered blood clots. The WHO's chief scientist, Sumya Swaminathan, insisted the jab was safe. At least 2.6 million people have died of COVID and so far... There is no documented death that's been linked to a COVID vaccine. So I think that while we need to continue to be very closely monitoring this, we do not want people to panic. The influential sister of North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un has warned the US not to cause a stink as the Biden administration prepares to set out its Korean policy. The new US government says it's been trying for weeks to make diplomatic contact with Pyongyang, but has received no response. Here's the BBC's Laura Bicker. This appears to be aimed at the US Secretary of State and Defence Chief, who are both due to make their first visit to Seoul tomorrow. North Korea has refrained from testing long-range missiles and nuclear weapons since leader Kim Jong-un made an agreement with Donald Trump in Singapore in 2018 but it has continued to build its arsenal. The remarks from Miss Kim mostly focused on Seoul and the ongoing military exercises being held by US and South Korean troops. The drills have already been scaled down, but North Korea still views them as a provocation. Two men in the United States have been arrested and charged with assaulting a policeman who died after the attack on the Capitol building in January. The cause of Brian Sicknick's death isn't yet known. Here's the BBC's Gary O'Donoghue. These charges are the first that relate to Brian Sicknick, the Capitol Police officer who died in hospital the day after the January 6th assault. Prosecutors say he was one of three officers who were seen retreating from the line and holding their faces after being sprayed by one of the men named. More than 300 people have been charged with offences relating to the storming of the capital, including several dozen members of far-right white supremacist groups. In a statement, the UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres says he's appalled by the violence perpetrated by the Burmese military following the deadliest day of protests in Myanmar since February's coup. At least 50 people were killed on Sunday when the security forces opened fire on protesters. One protester in the biggest city, Yangon, explains what he saw. The garrison troops inside City Hall came out and without warning, they started shooting the civilians. And then the reinforcements of the soldiers, about 50 to 100 tracks, came. Uh, it was like a pincer attack. And the injuries and the dead bodies became more and more. Martial law has been imposed in several parts of Yangon, meaning protesters can now be tried in military courts. 
The Vatican has ruled that Roman Catholic priests cannot bless same-sex couples and any such blessings are invalid in the eyes of the Church. The statement was approved by Pope Francis. The BBC's David Willey reports. The Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith is the Catholic Church's guarantor of correct interpretation of its teaching. Today's statement says same-sex unions cannot be the subject of an official church blessing as, I quote, God cannot bless sin. But Pope Francis is more nuanced. He has pronounced himself in favour of legal protection for gay couples, and some Catholic priests regularly bless same-sex unions. Users on the mainland of encrypted messaging app, messaging app Signal say it doesn't appear to be working without the use of a VPN or virtual private network. Signal's website was also inaccessible on the mainland this morning. Signal saw a surge in downloads worldwide in January when WhatsApp messaging service updated its privacy terms. Finance now in the US in, in the currency market, the US dollar is trading at 109.14 yen. The euro is standing at one US dollar and nineteen cents. The pound is worth ten Hong Kong dollars and seventy-six cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,992, 158 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $82 billion. Now with the sport, here's Adam Chung. Liverpool got a much-needed win in their bid for a place in the English Premier League's top four and guaranteed Champions League football next season. Just the one goal settled the game at Wolves. Sadio Mane plays it square to Salah, back to Mane, now to Jota, Jota with a chance, it's in! Rui Patricio couldn't keep it out, and Diogo Jota has come back to Molyneux on his first visit back against his former club, and he has scored the opening goal. They finished 1-0 for Liverpool, who moved up to 6th in the table, still 5 points off the top 4. There was a delay when the Wolves keeper, Ruri Patricio, was assessed by medical staff. After a collision late in the game, he was stretchered off the pitch. In Spain, Lino Messi has equaled the all-time appearance record for Barcelona by playing in last night's 4-1 win over the bottom club Huesca. He scored twice. Messi tied Xavi's club record of 767 appearances. The win put Barca second in La Liga, four points behind the leaders Atletico Madrid. Ernest Macia of Radio Catalunya says the arrival of a new president at Barcelona means Messi is likely to add more trophies for the club. A new atmosphere now is uh, we are breathing in in Barcelona and especially the players seem to be more happy. We've seen uh, in the last uh, couple of hours uh, Xavi saying that he's happy for uh, Joan Laporta and for the club. That Laporta is the president and I think that the players, Messi amongst them, uh, is happy that Laporta is there. And I think that Laporta has a, has a chance to convince Messi to stay, not only because Messi will turn 34 in a few months, but because I think he's comfortable in Barcelona. I mean, the lifestyle for him is good. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have taken more steps towards keeping their roster together for another Super Bowl run. The reigning NFL champions have secured contract agreements with tight end Rob Gronkowski and linebacker Shaquille Barrett. Gronk returns for his 11th season with quarterback Tom Brady on a one-year $10 million U.S. dollar deal. Barrett agreed to $72 million over four years. 
On the ice, there have been personal milestones for two of the biggest Russian names in NHL hockey. Evgeny Malkin scored on the power play for his 1,100th career point, helping the Pittsburgh Penguins to a 4-1 win over the Boston Bruins. Malkin became the third Russian player to reach the mark, joining Sergei Fedorov and Alex Ovechkin, who's now sixth on the NHL's all-time goal-scoring list. Ovechkin picked up his 700. And 17th career goal in Washington's 6 nothing thrashing of Buffalo, and that puts him level with the great Phil Esposito. And as you look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And this just in, Team New Zealand have reached match point in the America's Cup, winning race nine on Auckland's Waitemata Harbour to extend their lead over Luna Rossa to 6-3. The hosts need one more win to claim yachting's most prestigious trophy in the best of 13 series. They can do it this afternoon. Luna Rossa led for most of the race as the lead changed hand five times. But the New Zealanders made a decisive charge on the fifth leg of six and won by 30 seconds. Luna Rossa will need to win all four remaining races to win the old mug. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive rejects suggestions that children are being deliberately separated from their parents during quarantine. The head of the Medical Association criticises official guidelines on who should get the coronavirus vaccine as vague and insincere. And Alibaba is in the spotlight amid reports it's under pressure to sell media assets, including the South China Morning Post. The news from RTHK. No matter how fit we are, it is important to get vaccinated to prevent COVID-19. All along, we have received different vaccines to prevent infections. Vaccines will help create antibodies and memory in our immune system. When we come into contact with viruses in future, our immune system will quickly resist them. It is the simplest and most effective method to protect ourselves and others. Let's get vaccinated. The Smart ID Card Replacement Exercise is for me and for you. If you hold the old form of Smart ID Card and were born in 1970 to 1972, you must replace your ID card on or before April 30th, 2021. If you were born in 1973 to 1976, you must replace your ID card from February 22nd to July 9th, 2021. You may bring two family members or friends aged 65 or above and two persons with disabilities to replace ID cards together. Remember to book ahead.
And welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 16th of March, is today's date. Welcome to the show, and many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew. We've got a jam packed program for you this afternoon. First of all, we'll be talking about diets. In particular, we're talking about the pros and cons of the vegan diet. And this afternoon, we'll be chatting with Joelle Bradford, who is a licensed naturopathic practitioner at the Integrated Medicine Institute, IMI Hong Kong. And we hope to bring you that interview on Facebook as well. So feel free to join us there. The page to go to is Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And after the two o'clock news, Tuesday reporter Andrew Dembina joins us for some global food news update. And finally, after 2.30, we're speaking with executive coach Shirley Adrain about how she's handling cancer and dealing with what comes next. And as usual, we want to hear from you. So do get in touch with us. You can do so by email us. The email address is 123show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook. Comment on the page Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. What you're hearing now is Pentatonics with Break My Heart. I've always been the one to say the first goodbye. Had to love and lose a hundred million times. Had to get it wrong to know just what I like. Now I'm falling. You say my name like I have never heard before. I'm indecisive, but this time I know for sure. I hope I'm not the only one that feels it all. Center of attention, you know you can get whatever you want from me, whenever you want it, baby. It's you and my reflection, I'm afraid of all the things it could do to me, if I would have known it, baby. I want to stay at home, cause I was doing better alone, but when you said hello, I knew it was the end of it all, I should have stayed Oh, I 
Gregory Porter on RTHK Radio 3 with light at the end of the tunnel. 27 minutes past one o'clock. This is Shakira with Whenever, Whenever. Oh, no, no. 
listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Now, we're talking about the vegan diet this afternoon. In recent years, it seems like there's a lot more choices on plant based food available, making it much easier to try out and embrace this sort of diet. And this afternoon, to talk about the vegan diet, I'm really delighted to be joined once again by Joelle Bradford, a licensed naturopathic practitioner at the Integrated Medicine Institute, IMI Hong Kong. Welcome back on the program, Joelle, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks again for having me on. It's a pleasure to, to be able to speak to you again. Uh, we are live right now on Facebook. So for some of our listeners who want to uh, be viewers and, and watch us there, feel free to do so. Um, the Facebook is Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. So first of all, um, for, for some of our listeners who may not know what the vegan diet is, can you sort of give us an outline of what it is um, and, and have you tried it before? Maybe, maybe first of all, um, what is the vegan diet? Okay. Um, the vegan diet is uh, an elimination of animal products. So I think most people and all of your listeners probably have heard of the vegetarian diet, which is not eating animal flesh, but you can still eat dairy, eggs, etc. Uh, whereas the vegan diet takes it a bit further in terms of ethical or environmental concerns or even health concerns. And so what they do is they completely eliminate the use of animal products. So no more dairy, no more eggs. And some people even choose to stop eating gelatin or wearing animal products. Um, so it, it can be quite a philosophy in and of itself rather than simply just a diet. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've had friends who sort of um, embraced on this diet. And there's a, there, there are some restrictions, like you pointed out just now, you know, um, no milk, no eggs, and perhaps no cheese. Um, and some of them take it, you know, and the, the next step, and that is to embrace that sort of lifestyle. Um, also, um, have you tried the vegan diet yourself, Joelle? I have, yes. Um, it's, it's something I actually really like to do, which is I make it a point to try and at least try all of the the diets that I would recommend to patients or even just have an awareness of what's going around because it has gained in popularity recently, like you said. And I, I like to be to have an experience of what it might feel like, what the drawbacks might be, what the benefits might be, but just be really well-versed um, in what the experience could be, but especially if it's something that I would suggest for somebody to try. Yeah. Um, is it easy to practice this sort of diet in Hong Kong? <laughs> yes and no. Uh, it really depends. Uh, yes, in that there's a lot of options available in Hong Kong. Um, even before the West really became trendy to do the or more plant-based ideas, uh, the East really had a lot of uh, religious or philosophical um, trends or beliefs that were vegetarian. And so becoming vegan, it, there's actually a lot of options at uh, more local restaurants than one might think. Uh, so it, it's actually quite easy. And then we have the extra added benefit of the, the trend where all these restaurants are now offering new vegan alternatives, uh, meat alternatives, and for the health reasons. So it's, it's actually a lot of options in Hong Kong. Absolutely. And I think in recent years, you'll find that it's easier to, to select this choice eating out, whereas 
in previous years, it was just much easier to cook it yourselves um, at home. But nowadays, there are a lot of uh, vegan menus available um, at restaurants, even if, if that's not their thing. They've always got some sort of a, an option. Having said that, it, it seems a little bit expensive sometimes to buy plant-based food. H- have you noticed that? Yes, this is a, I'm really glad you brought this point out because I feel like with any trend, there's going to be marketing towards these products when in reality, a plant-based diet or a vegan diet is ultimately just not eating animal products. And so there's so many foods in every single culture that are plant-based like soy products, tofu, tempeh, miso, or all the seeds, uh, tahini, uh, sesame seeds, pumpkin seeds, the nuts, all the nuts available. And these are largely what you would replace because when we take out a food group like dairy, meat products, we do need to think about replacing them with what we would be uh, losing by taking those things out, which is mostly a protein and uh, minerals from the diet. And so if you can replace it with the legumes, the lentils, the seeds, the nuts, then there really isn't any problem. And these are quite cheap, generally. Um, And so if you can stick to a plant-based diet, you don't have to spend a lot of money on specialty vegan foods that there's already a lot of vegan foods that are just naturally available. Yeah, Joelle, I'm so glad you brought that point up as well because I think there are certain misconceptions uh, to do with the vegan diet. And and one of them, like you pointed out just now, is that you don't get enough proteins um, because people tend to think you get the protein from meat or from eggs um, or from, you know, dairy. Um, Whereas, like you pointed out, you can absolutely sort of replace them with, with nuts. Is it a different sort of protein, though? Um, is it more sort of, is, is one better than the other? It's true that animal products are going to be a more concentrated form of protein. And so if you eat one 100-gram serving of meat, you will most likely get more protein per 100-gram serving than plant-based foods. However, the amino acid profile, which is the protein itself, if you can ensure that you eat a variety every day of all of these protein options, these plant-based protein options, then you should be meeting entirely all of your protein requirements, all of the mineral requirements. I think... But it takes a bit of a dish, your favorite I'm afraid, Joel. I dish, think there's grit, just a slight delay. Okay, you're back. To meet those requirements, I think the connection is not so good, Joel. Um, perhaps we'll try and get you back. So basically, you're saying that the profile of the amino acids is um, is uh, quite similar. So perhaps it's a good thing to go nuts on nuts and we'll try our best to uh, get Joelle um, back on as soon as possible. Uh, This afternoon we're talking uh, to Joelle Bradford who is a licensed naturopathic uh, practitioner at IMI, Integrated Medicine Institute, and we're talking about the vegan diet and we'd like to invite um, our listeners uh, to join us if you can on Facebook uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to...
on RTHK Radio 3 with 1 plus 1. Right, uh, Joelle Bradford joins us uh, back on the line right now. We've had to uh, adapt slightly because uh, <laughs> Zoom's not working. That's okay. We're still talking about the vegan diet this afternoon and we hope for you to continue to join us on Facebook if you can uh, because we're still streaming live uh, right now. Sorry, Joelle, l- let's back up a little bit. Um, Actually, I've forgotten what the question was that I was asking you. I, I think we were talking about um, are all proteins sort of... Uh, uh, born equal, you know, and, and I think you made the point that, you know, ha- having um, meat, having a small amount of meat uh, may be equ- equivalent of having more nuts, or maybe that was my interpretation. Maybe if you can continue explaining that a little bit further. Hmm. So, meat in a concentration form would be a bit more concentrated per gram of protein. However, if you can have uh, a variety of the beans, the legumes, the lentils, the nuts, the seeds, 
sort of every day at every meal, just picking and choosing what you're going to choose, then you can meet all the amino acid requirements that your body needs every day. Um, historically, people were really worried about the protein, but we found that this really is not a concern as long as you make a point of having these protein-rich plant-based foods uh, at every meal. Yeah. Um, can you sort of share a, a, a brief guide for, for some people, for beginners who want to sort of try out this diet? I mean, what sorts of food should we really uh, have to include as part of this diet? The main foods that we would want to be looking at are the micronutrients. So protein, fats, carbohydrates are not really an issue, whereas the ones that are easy to meet in a vegan diet, but are things you might want to think about and have some thought as to meeting the requirements would be things like the iron, the calcium, the iodine content. And these are quite easy to meet your recommended daily allowance if you have the beans, the nuts, the lentils. It's concentrated in these protein-rich foods. Um, And another one that's a bit more tricky is the omega foods. So we've all heard of fish oils giving us our uh, EPAs, our DHAs, our omega-3 fatty acids that we can get from fish. However, on the vegan diet, we don't have those options anymore. And so they are present. There are some omega-3 fatty acids present in things like flax, in the chia seeds. However, there is some controversy as to how effective the body is at converting those uh, those omega-3s to the EPA DHA. And so sometimes people choose to take a, a supplement like an algae omega supplement uh, just to ensure that they're meeting those requirements because we're not exactly uh, 100% on how good the body is at adapting for the plant-based omega-3 cardiac. Yeah. Um, um, what about um, vitamin B12? Now, vitamin B12 is, is very important in sort of maintaining a healthy nervous system, um, but it's only naturally found in animal products. Um, are there sorts of um, um, any other sort of fortified products that we can try out to, to supplement that then if, if you were to try out the vegan diet? You're exactly right, Noreen. So the vitamin B12, and I'll add even the vitamin B Those two nutrients are quite difficult to find naturally in plant-based foods. So just like you mentioned, choosing fortified foods can have these, or an easy supplement like a multivitamin uh, is an easy way to ensure that you're meeting your base requirements every day. Just because you're right, uh, we still have yet to find some plant-based foods that can offer a, a consistent amount of these nutrients. Yeah. What are some of the benefits that you've seen on this type of diet? Uh, I will say something. The vegan diet, the benefits are we've heard of these wonderful things like better skin, energy, mood, decreasing inflammation. But it's really important to know that everyone is not going to get the same benefits because each person is an individual. And so what might have worked for your friend or what might have worked for you even in the past might not always be the exact benefits that you could expect for yourself. And so we can almost reframe the question as to what will I, what benefit will I get and ask, why is it that I want to do the vegan diet? What is attracting 
what is attracting me to this diet? Is it the ethical reasons, the environmental reasons, and or is it the health reasons like better skin, energy, mood? And this is where my role as a naturopathic doctor can be really effective for people because if, for example, if somebody has really low energy and they're attracted to the vegan diet because they've heard it just boosts your energy and makes you feel wonderful, what if that person has low energy because of an underlying condition like a low B12 status or a deficiency? Now, if they do the vegan diet expecting to get more energy, there's a chance that they actually might feel worse doing the vegan diet because now they have even less available vitamin B12 from their diet. And so the role of a doctor could be to screen people to ensure that it's the right diet for them. And if we find deficiencies, to correct them. And once we get to a place where we are at our optimal level of health, then choosing the vegan diet is, can be wonderful because you get all the benefits of being vegan without the risk. Absolutely. I, I was also thinking um, one reason why people also choose a vegan diet is like you um, earlier pointed out, is that sort of more sustainable, more um, sustainable lifestyle choice. Uh, having said that, there are also certain foods which are associated with with less sustainable choices, such as almonds or almond milks and avocado. We all know, I think the listeners of the 123 show have heard me so many times talking about um, the, the, you know, avocado and and so deforestation in Mexico. Um, but also, I, I didn't know that, but um, almonds also cause a, a lot of drought in, say, California. And, and you know, choosing that as a, as a dairy alternative can also have an adverse effect. I mean, do, what, what are your thoughts on that? Or have any, do, do any of your clients sort of express that uh, thought with you as well? Mm, a lot of people are choosing the plant-based diet or the vegan diet because of what you're saying about these environmental concerns that maybe mass production of meat might be doing, except exactly like you're saying, if, if everybody is now choosing these products that are packaged, that have to be shipped around the world, it might actually be causing, like you say, a problem in the local environments where these were naturally occurring. And again, it comes down to the fact that the vegan diet itself is not the issue, but rather going back to traditional foods, such as ones that are local to you, in season to you, that you can grow in your own backyard. Uh, every single culture, every part of the world has plant-based protein alternatives. Uh, instead of having to buy pricey, packaged, uh, you know, new technology for all these ingredients that would be found in uh, vegan foods. Absolutely. Um, uh, we try out in, in our household, we try out uh, Green Fridays. <laughs> so, for example, mm. uh, instead of uh, spaghetti bolognese with beef, we'll, we'll try it with, um, say, the impossible meat. But the, the trouble is, um, Joelle, it's so expensive. It's uh, it's almost double the price of regular mints. I mean, mm. for 300 grams of beef, it's about 30 35 Hong Kong dollars, but for the impossible meat, it's close to $80 for about 300 grams. So it's, it's quite expensive um, to, yeah. to do that. And I think my other concern is, you know, um, processed food, you know, that the WHO advises against processed food. I mean, with the plant-based meat, it's still uh, processed food. I mean, how healthy is it really? 
I'm really glad you brought that up. The last time when we were on, we you were talking about looking at food labels on cereal boxes in oh, terms yeah. of the sugar content. And I think sort of the same thing. If you look at the ingredients on, you know, the meat alternatives that you mentioned, you'll find that it's not just one ingredient. And you might find that it's many, many ingredients, many fillers, colors, preservatives, uh, chemicals, um, along with modified proteins. Uh, it might be from wheat protein. It might be from soy protein. And I, I think it's really very interesting that this is gaining in popularity. And this is great for the awareness of plant-based diets. However, I'm not convinced that they are the healthier alternative for the physical body. Um, and again, going back to the things that we know are base foods, the nuts, the seeds, the lentils, the legumes, that these are much cheaper. And instead of trying to replace a meat with a meat alternative, really having a different uh, approach that it is a plant-based diet and these are just plant foods rather than trying to copy a meat diet with these uh, pricey alternatives. Yeah. Um, is this sort of diet sustainable? I mean, w when you speak to your clients, is it a sort of trendy diet that they try out for a few months or is it something that can be longer lasting? Many, many of my clients that come in are looking to do this as a lifestyle. Oh, wow. And I, I would say that if you make sure that you're meeting all your nutrient requirements, and as long as you get a yearly screen, just to make sure that your health is in order and that there's no underlying health conditions we have to address, then I do believe that this is something that can be very healthy uh, for individuals long term, um, rather than these other, you know, the ketogenic diet that might not be uh, the easiest long term. The vegan diet or plant-based diet is something that I could see somebody being completely healthy on for years at a time. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, Joe, do we talk a little bit more about the drawbacks? I mean, from, from what you've seen, what, what are some of the drawbacks that you've, you've seen people trying out this diet? Or is there really mm -hmm. not too much? Well, the nutrients is the obvious concern. And if that's addressed, it becomes a non-issue. The other one we, you've also brought up, which is the, that vegan food does not necessarily equate healthy food, which you were saying these processed alternatives uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a healthier body. But one of the, maybe it's a more personal issue I have with the vegan diet is something that's not very talked about, which is an attachment to a label, like an identity with the vegan diet. And I don't see this with other diets where nobody's Nobody's identity is tied up in the ketogenic diet or uh, with, uh, you know. I, I, uh, I know what you mean. Like I've got friends who are, who are, um, who, who are vegans and um, they're sort of, they're the animal loving. And okay, I'm generalizing a lot. I'm sure some of our listeners may not love animals and are vegans. No, but you should love animals. <laughs> but um, my point is they are, you know, that they're good people, you know, that they don't eat meat. Um, I think I know what you mean about that, that sort of identity tied to, to the diet, that you don't really see the association with, say, the Atkins diet. In fact, they'd be mm -hmm. the opposite. You know, they, they are the meat lovers, actually. <laughs> 
Right. What I could suggest for that is rather than it's not a problem by identifying with a vegan diet or a plant-based diet, but what I would suggest and the problem I see in many of my patients that come in is this guilt or this shame or this feeling of failure if they eat an animal product Mm -hmm. or this huge social pressure that now they're not allowed to have any animal products ever because they've identified with it. And that's that those feelings, this feeling of suffering ultimately is not helpful in any way. And so what I really like about the new term that's been floating around this plant-based diet Mm -hmm. is it's a, it's a bit more inclusive. And I think the people who would adopt a plant-based diet is sort of aiming for as much reduction in animal products as possible versus the 100% very militant attitude sometimes that uh, people following a vegan diet would do. And so just have an awareness, you know, in people you love, the listeners um, perhaps, where if you have these feelings of shame or suffering or sadness or feelings of failure when you're not following a diet properly, that feeling itself might not be helping. Absolutely. Uh, your actual goals. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thank you so much for your sharing this afternoon, Joelle, on, on plant-based diet. Um, definitely a, a great name um, for, for the vegan diet, a great alternative. Um, thank you so much for your sharing. Can you remind our listeners once again, um, have you got a website? Where can we find out a bit more about you and your work? Thank you. Uh, you can find me at our website at imi.com.hk. And you can also follow us on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, Joelle, and I look forward to uh, more chats with you uh, later on. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much, Noreen.
Rudgan on RTHK Radio 3 with I Saw the Light. A quick look at the weather forecast for this afternoon and tonight. It'll be mainly fine and rather warm in the afternoon, light to moderate easterly winds. And the outlook rather warm during the day and relative uh, in the relative humidity in the next few days and uh, coastal mist in the morning and at night. Slightly cooler early next week. It's 28 degrees Celsius at the moment and the relative humidity is at 59%. Back after the news. Thank you.